Welcome to Mind and Soul Matters, I'm Farafini. Through conversations with everyday people, Mind and Soul Matters aims to broaden our understanding of mental health and spirituality, and to deepen our insights into the challenges and meaning of our lives. Motherhood, art, music, community development, anxiety, mental health. What is the common thread? Shadi Talui Wallace has experienced it all, trying to navigate through life as an artist, musician, creator, wife and mother. Shadi spent most of her childhood in Israel before moving to Australia, facing language and cultural barriers and the challenges of fitting in. She used various artistic practices as tools to navigate through some of life's early challenges and has since successfully released four internationally acclaimed albums and toured her music throughout Australasia, North and South America and Western Europe, drawing inspiration from her spiritual beliefs and honest reflections. Amongst many projects, including host of Cloud9 podcast. Shadi co-founded Media for Transformation, an initiative that recognizes the powerful influence of media in society and focuses on creating positive content to empower young people. Shadi's most recent undertakings include motherhood and in collaboration with her husband Jason, they have developed Tiny Souls Media, a media company that creates content for families, caregivers and educators with meaningful songs and resources that uplift and inspire tiny souls and stimulate young growing minds. How does an artist navigate the everyday challenges of parenthood, a growing business, mental health struggles and continue to contribute in creative and positive ways? It's the little things that make us break it's the little things that make us brave It takes courage to face my own fears It takes courage to show my own tears It takes courage to share how I feel It takes courage to take time to Welcome, Shadi. It's great to have you on Mind and Soul Matters. Thank you so much for the invitation, Farah. And I do have to say a special thank you because it's, I think, around 9 p.m. your time after being <laughs> a mum to a toddler and you've just come back from choir and you've had so much on, you've still managed to squeeze us in. So thank you so much for being here. It's a pleasure. Let's actually start with motherhood. Ezra is almost two years old, just over two. How has becoming a mother changed who you are, particularly as an artist? Oh, my God. Where do I begin? It's definitely, like, changed my level of, like, expectations of myself. And I have also become incredibly focused. If I do have a moment's rest, I really have to, like, navigate, like, is this something where, is the period of time where I really need to just relax and, like, turn on the TV or read a book? Or is this something that can be put to good use, like be productive in that time? And so just trying to be productive, but also care for my own like well-being is something that's like consciously being thought out like every moment of every day. (laughs) 
And so I, I think, yeah, the level of productivity, like trying to lower my expectations of what I can accomplish and in the quality of my work. And maybe sometimes it takes a little bit more time than usual to get it to where I want it to be. Because oftentimes my time and my concentration and focus is broken up with, you know, there's lots of interruptions. And so like trying to stay focused in that time, but then also, yeah, lowering the expectations, just trying to be a little bit more relaxed to my approach as well, because if I take it too seriously, I'll get quite frustrated and agitated. So yeah, just being mindful of all of these things. It's quite the balancing act. Absolutely a juggling and balancing act. What have you found to be some of the greatest challenges through this process? I've become like surprisingly very like I'm becoming like a very internal thinker. Like I'm I'm really like I feel like I'm I'm talking out loud, but I'm just talking to in my head. And so sometimes things like ideas or plans or expectations don't get communicated very effectively because I'm noticing I'm I'm in my head a lot. So yeah, trying to really catch myself and you know, like, oh, I, I didn't tell you that already. Like, you know, I thought I did. <laughs> Trying to put things down on paper. I think sorry, it comes back to like communicating effectively and trying to be more tactful and patient. Because definitely like motherhood has contributed to a lot of lack of sleep <laughs> and not a lot of time to just be with my husband on a personal level and trying like engaging with each other on a you know on a qualitative level and not just trying to like run through plans and logistics but really trying to connect i think that's been a struggle so like yeah communication uh effective communication i think has been like the one thing that we are are navigating on a daily basis and also managing tasks there's a lot of like hidden tasks that motherhood comes with. And there's, you know, like filling the diaper pail, buying, oh, we're running out of wipes and nappies and, you know, like dinner and, oh, we got to cook separate meals for Ezra. Like all of these things kind of accumulate and they can quite get you quite anxious when there's so much going on in your head and you're trying to like keep tabs on everything. So yeah, learning to try and communicate, share the load, be patient with one another. Those are things I think have been challenging, but we're getting there. Being mum of a toddler can be a full-time job on its own. And yet, you know, when we've tried to, even when I've got a glimpse into your life, just a little snippet, you know, you've got choir, you're on a board, you're on, you know, the tiny souls, which we'll get to uh, later. You know, there is so much. And here you're talking about your relationship with Jason, being a mom, there's just so many different tabs that are open and then lack of sleep on top of that. So that sounds like you're kind of being pulled in lots of different directions. You, you mentioned earlier, it can create anxiety having all these tabs open. How do you manage all of that? Yeah, like we neither of us have parents nearby. So that's another thing that can add to the like difficulty, I think, not having immediate family. I, I, but it still takes a village. Like we live in a neighborhood where we're working and serving with friends quite closely and, and building community. And and I'm quite an open book. So if I'm having struggles or challenges, I'll like have a conversation with a friend. And we're so fortunate that I have my sister. She lives a couple blocks away. I do have like extended family that I can call on sometimes and friends that we serve with on a regular basis that will jump straight in 
to to watch Ezra if we need some time. And I live in a really cool living situation. It's called a housing cooperative. So you pay kind of lower rent, but everyone pitches in. So that's the board that I'm a part of. And living here, it's you have your own kind of living situation, but there's a lot of shared common spaces um, and a shared mailing list. And I've formed very close relationships with a few of my neighbors that I can call on. When they say it takes a village, like our village has is a very unique one that consists of a lot of close uh, friends. And also, like, we have a junior youth group. We've become really b- good friends with some of the parents, and the parents will sometimes chip in if they know I needed a break or they'll take Ezra to the park. Like, I think we've been so focused in building community and not having family close by has made that even more so. And so, in turn, building that community has meant that we've uh, fostered these, like, really rich relationships where we can call on these these friends when we need them. Also having like our our faith as this common kind of denominator as the foundation has also like helped ground us and and prioritize how we operate our our lives and the choices that we make and the time that we spend and things like that. Hmm. Can you expand on that a little bit in terms of how your faith, what role that's played in in how you've navigated the challenges? I think like my identity is quite, I'm quite clear on my identity is like this, I'm a a spiritual being living this material existence. Like we've heard that before, but I think that kind of transcends hopefully a lot of those like day-to-day struggles and also understanding that there's like a greater wisdom, there's a greater power that is navigating this and this idea of like confirmation and when things happen, like you kind of you know, you you move closer and closer to your goal when the creator confirms you. But then also like Jason and I serve quite heavily in our neighborhood. We serve amongst many families and primarily focusing on building relationships with friends of the indigenous, like Canadian indigenous population. And that has been our focus and we're quite clear on that. So the time that we spend or the time that we choose to spend is often building those relationships and trying to stay close to the neighborhood so that we can be present and there for the families and the the youth that we that we work with. And it seems like you both have this shared vision. You both have the same goal, this anchor that helps you through the challenges and, and gives some clarity as well, because we can get caught up in this world with lots and lots of distractions. And so then that kind of gives that clarity of what your vision is, what your goal is. And, um, and it seems like the main focus is serving your communities and being of service to others. Yeah. And also we're both extremely creative and we share that in common as well. And so if it means working on his music or my music, like those are things that fill our cup and also creating space for that. So there is this balance of service, but also how can we serve our own well-being and our creative pursuits, which bring us joy and so, yeah, we do have a lot of things on the go and it can be quite distracting, but then also having that anchor of things that are really important to the both of us in our pursuits. And through everything that you've been through, has mental health challenges ever come into it at all? I started experiencing spouts of depression when I was like 19 and and started to see a professional. And then I've kind of come and gone from from it, but more recently with uh, postpartum depression, 
I have experienced that and intrusive thoughts and a lot of anxiety around just like, you know, regular things that new moms experience. Like, am I being a good mom, you know, bonding with my child? Am I, am I meeting all of their needs? And yeah, I've experienced like hearing loss and like tinnitus. So that kind of took me down a, a real spiral that I've had to go to years of therapy and just trying to come back to like a level of comfort despite like this, this physical challenge that I've had. Um, so yeah, definitely experience it. And, and sometimes I'm like feeling really, really great and other times. Not so great, but I've always leaned on counseling and therapy and just to kind of recheck myself, I guess. Like you service a car every year, even if you don't know if there's something wrong with it. So I, I truly believe that we should also be working on ourselves. Even if we don't think there's something wrong, there's always something to work out. So I'm, I'm of that belief system. Yeah, absolutely. And I so greatly appreciate you sharing this, honestly, because often we go around and we can sometimes even pretend that everything's okay. And we feel like if we share something like that, we're being vulnerable. But really, what we're doing is we're supporting and helping other people that might be going through something similar. And I think some of the things you've shared, I, I, most mothers, new mums experience that, you know, am I doing this right? Am I doing a good enough job? A lot of anxiety around that. And particularly when because we have in some ways lost that sense of tribe and community and so we can at times feel isolated. I mean, it sounds like wonderful that you have that community around you. Oh, I still felt isolated. I gave birth in the middle of a pandemic. Like everyone, I couldn't, you know, no one can visit us. I had to do all the appointments by myself. Yeah, and I went through a miscarriage in the middle of a pandemic. So I had no way of like processing that in like a healthy in a healthy environment, um, I completely did everything in isolation. So, and there's also you lose so much of your identity when you become a parent. And so, trying to re, trying to connect with the new person that you have become, I think is 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 really vital for your sanity. But who who is that new person? And so, like, yeah, talking to professionals and sometimes taking medication to help ease that, like anxiety or frustration or, you know, that feeling of feeling lost for a period of time has has definitely been helpful. You mentioned you had a miscarriage because I think that's one of those losses in life that can often be misunderstood or not acknowledged. And I can imagine it would be one of the hardest things to go through because unless someone's been through it, it's very difficult to imagine the extent of the grief that a person can can experience. How do you feel talking about the miscarriage and the effect that had on you? I'm fine now. It definitely affected me, especially when I did get pregnant the second time. Like so much anxiety around like, is this going to happen again? Not wanting to be attached to the idea. But I'm I'm okay with it now because I I learned that like 25% of women have miscarriages, whether or not they know. And I don't want to say I'm part of a statistics, but I'm part of a community that has experienced this, but no one talks about it. And add the fact that like, we're all living in isolation, like in, you know, the middle of a pandemic, I had no one to talk to. And as I started to share my experience with my friends, like, oh, I had a miscarriage. I had a miscarriage. I was like, what? Like, I would have felt so much better had I known that 
these people that are in my life had also gone through this similar grief as I had. Not that it makes their experience any more or less important than mine, but it's just like we can, you know, I felt like there's someone who could relate to that period. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of what you've talked about, what it does, it normalizes for others that might be going through something similar. And that's why I feel we need to have more of these conversations and people like yourself being able to be so open and honest and sincere and share things that can make us feel really vulnerable. So I think it definitely helps others. The more conversations we have like this, the more it helps other people. Mm, Definitely. Let's talk about one of your most recent projects, Tiny Souls. Tell us about Tiny Souls. Well, it is constantly growing and changing the the idea, but in its like essence is creating positive media that reinforces values in the lives of children. So offering families and educators resources, music and like activities and games and media that reinforces these positive characteristics, which Tiny Souls believes every child is born with. And it's it's the role of the community. It's the role of uh, the education system. It's the role of the village to, to nurture those those qualities that are innate within every child. I'm grateful for the air I breathe, for my friends and family. I'm grateful for my growing mind, all the things I learn and find. I'm grateful for the sun in the sky, all the trees that grow so high. I'm your inspiration? What made you decide to undertake this project? Well, I grew up with the Virtues Project and and also a myriad of other programs that were quite prevalent in the 90s that focused on values-based education. And I grew up with that. And as I, as I, you know, transitioned into motherhood myself, but also having played music for a decade and hit with the pandemic, I had to cancel a lot of my plans, I had to really think about how I could pivot as an artist. And I really learned very quickly how little media and how little music was out there that was focused on values, like music and songs were accessible to children that were, you know, focusing on literacy, focusing on like, the sky is blue, the green, the grass is green, and uh, the ocean, there's fish, like, but nothing was really speaking to to justice and, and perseverance and courage and kindness and patience and all these characteristics and these qualities that we want to see in our children. And I was learning more about like the first five years of a child's life is when they fully they fully develop and and we're missing the mark on providing quality media that's values based because we're focusing on numbers and we're focusing on 
on, on money. And I just, I kind of just got little, like, I, I just got inspired by that. And then as a musician, I've decided to take matters into my own hands and write music that was based on these values. And then started to think about how we wanted to get the music out there. And, and Spotify and streaming platforms are just not sustainable to artists, period. And so my husband is a software engineer. And so together we decided we would build an app which would provide all of this content. And so parents who are interested or want to focus on nurturing these values in their children can go straight to the app and come up. They'll see, you know, tons of activities. They can, oh, my child experienced this today. They really need to work on being more courageous and standing up to their friends for justice. Let's look at some activities here and let's listen to a song that's about courage and we can do the activity together. So I wanted it to be less about the screen and more about this like interactive experience that would kind of promote elevated conversations. There's questions in the app. I wanted to create something that I would use, and then we decided to do something that would also be available to other people who had similar intentions and similar beliefs with their children and their family. Growth takes time. Be patient. Make sure that you're kind. Be patient. And soon you Sounds like an amazing project and a fabulous app. So how can people access it? Yeah, you can just go to the App Store, Android or iOS and just type in Tiny Souls and it'll come up and then you can get a free seven-day trial and and yeah, you can either subscribe for per month or per year following the seven-day trial. Fabulous. And what a wonderful way to bring in your creativity, your music, art, motherhood, like really kind of seems to bring all of it together in this project. And fortunately, people are excited about it. So that makes me happy. Yep. Fabulous. Well, I'm very excited about it. It sounds like a wonderful app. And we will put some information about it on our website if anyone would like to access it. Thank you so much, Shadi. I really enjoyed talking to you. And thank you for your honest and candid reflections. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you also to our listeners. You can continue to support us by sharing your favorite episode with a friend and following Mind and Soul Matters on your preferred podcast app and on social media, where you can also keep up to date with our upcoming live forums. Look out for our next forum where you can zoom in from anywhere in the world or join us in person in Perth, Western Australia. If today's episode has raised any concerns for you, please contact your local mental health service. And for our listeners in Australia, please contact Lifeline on 13 11 14. We'll leave you today with one of my favourites from Shadi. This is Faith.